Welcome to the new nurse podcast. I'm nurse Meg. And I'm nurse M. Look, I did an opening and it was like normal and I, I know. Did I'm so proud. It. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. So proud. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Um, it is sunny and I'm like all about this vitamin D. Yep. Same. Uh, loving that. Loving um, it. Now you go into work tomorrow yeah so I'll be on a little bit of a stretch by the time this airs I will be on a little bit of like a three week in between contract span which is marvelous Ooh. so wait what's this okay so you go in tomorrow so yeah I go I'll go in for three days and then I will have off we're recording this before Easter so then I'll have off for Easter and then technically three weeks off um, almost three weeks, and then I'll start my second contract with the hospital that I extended with. Wow, I can't believe the first contract is like done already. I that know. Was, did it seem fast or not really? It did seem fast. Yeah, no, it did seem fast. I it's can't nice complain. You get a little breather. That's the other nice thing that I always thought was super appealing about travel was that you could have that like yeah significant chunk of time off if you wanted it. Right, which is what I was talking to my husband about, who wasn't understanding that. These, you know, travel costs or travel pays are probably not going to last. And he wasn't understanding that. He's like, well, then why would people travel before? And I'm like, because you get to explore if you want. You get to have time off without having to, like, request it. And he's like, yeah, but. And I'm like, it's okay. It's all right. (laughs) It is challenging sometimes um, talking about the industry to people that are not. I mean, he's like. He's kind of in it, but he's not yeah, in it in the no, same way. Right. So it is. Yeah. So our nurse, our nurse friends, you're all very appreciated to one another and to us. Yes. No one gets it like like no. each other. Yeah, seriously. You need your like healthcare family, truly. Yes. Um, so we so anyway, I'm excited for you about all of that and I hope that you get some glorious downtime in those three weeks. Yeah. Are you going anywhere? Um, possibly. I'm okay. trying to talk hubs into, we have the America the Beautiful Pass, which my sister and I both got each other on accident, like the same gift for Christmas, which America the Beautiful Pass gets you into like all the national parks and forests for nothing. So it's like oh. an annual pass. So I'm trying to use it up. So more to come on that. Hopefully. Ooh, fun. Yeah. Okay. I'm excited for you. Yeah. Anyways. Um, so we dove into narrative medicine. Which was super exciting. I really like this topic. Like when you and I first started talking about it, even like on the podcast recording, we both said that it was just sort of like, cool, cool. Like narrative medicine sounds interesting, but like didn't really know anything about it and the depth of it. And I felt like we both landed in a similar place of just really embracing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then today we were going to talk about more of like that tangible, put it into practice piece. Like right. what can we actually do today? Cause not all of us are going to have time to get certificates in narrative medicine, even though it would be super interesting right. um, and super exciting. And like, yeah. What are those pieces that we just feel like are easy to incorporate into our practice immediately? Yeah. Talk to you, Meg. What are you thinking? What's on your heart? So I mean, I think one of the things that kept bubbling up to the surface for us in our previous conversation was 
being a receiver and being a listener. Mm-hmm. Like that is like the whole heart of narrative medicine. And so you were like, yeah, I'm definitely working on this and same. Like I have to be better at listening. I have to be better at engaging, I think in that way, because yeah. I feel like active listening is different than just like, I'm not talking. Right. <laughs> and right. you are, but like, am I really into what you're saying? Because I think that it's hard for us to be present in our society. Like it's just, there's a lot of things on our mental to-do list. We're like stressed out, burnt out. Um, right. And there are actually studies that were done on like actually narrative medicine with burnout, which I just recently found, which was cool. Really? Yeah. It was in Rome, um, which you'll love. Yeah. It was, love. it was in the heart of Italy. And they had the, it was actually for physician and nurse burnout. And they had them basically do like a um, reflection on their profession and like learning to talk about their world and what's going on in it. And like therapeutically, like incorporating that into like writing it out and just conversation and using narrative medicine within that. So that's cool that you bring that up because I just had found that. I love that. And we were saying too that it, there was an application that we saw. Um, you said it was like, I mean, this was looking at physicians as well. And just in that, like, kind of empathic piece, which I think is interesting as to highly sensitive people, Mm -hmm. um, that this really can be something that not only is it for the other person, because I think when I originally heard narrative medicine, I was thinking that it was more on the patient side. Yes. Um, but like what you're saying is that there are like subsequent benefits to the provider as well, which is great. So that's just a win-win all around. Right. Love yeah. a good win-win. So the listening part um, and like, how do we do that? So like ask open-ended questions. Um, don't interrupt, obviously. Actually, I read that it said there was somebody um, that they – had like the terminology as close looking hmm. close looking so don't write any notes for two to three minutes oh yes just be like looking at your your patient and I'm like wow when was the last time that we literally just looked at our patient for two to three minutes not at the like medical record charts anything like that like just actually sat there in, in like an honest to goodness conversation yeah yeah. Interesting. Um, I also saw, so learn your patient's stories, which is like part of them sharing their narrative, but also that they can write about their illness, mm-hmm. which I thought was pretty cool because we as believers, a lot of times if we ask um, somebody to like share their testimony as to like how they found Christ, you know what I mean? Like what that journey and relationship looks like. A lot of times they write it out. And for me too, like it helps me to get my ideas collected a lot better. Right. And so if we would ask our patients to write about their illness, I bet too that as much as we're kind of in this like 15 minute crunch, if people were doing that almost a little bit more like prepared in some spaces to come into their doctor's appointment, could you imagine if they had already taken the time to like thoughtfully collect their thoughts? Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's very valid. Um, I'm looking to see what else. Oh, and I thought this one part was really interesting too. So this is still like 
with um, professional to patient, but view noncompliance as a blocked narrative, not as patient stubbornness. Yes. I love, I love this article that you're referring to. Did you find this article? I did. And I love it. So good. Like, yeah. what if we start changing our own internal narrative about what we believe about somebody else? Like, we're supposed to do that, right? When we're talking about um, other cultures and that type of thing, right? We're supposed to go into it more curious, right? not just like, well, like, this is interesting to me because um, M, you and I were both saying that, like, in other cultures, a lot of times when somebody says yes in response to a question, it does not necessarily mean, yes, I understand. It means I'm saying yes, because I respect you. Right. And like in our culture, eye contact is a sign of respect, but in other cultures, not looking at you is a sign of respect. Right. And so how often could we get the narrative wrong just because of us like projecting? Mm-hmm. So when we immediately find like, or are interacting with a non-compliant patient, how could we maybe change that narrative? Like, are they scared? Are they not comprehending what's happening in the world? And could we shift it to say, like, what is happening with you right now? Like, tell me your story. Right. Yes, non-compliance does feel like a little scapegoat when you, like, take a step back from it. It feels like an easy way out Mm -hmm. to, like, explain something, which we use it all the time in, like, nurse to nurse handoff and especially with your diabetes patients. And it's like, you know, they're usually like you're saying is there's almost always something going on in the background. It's not just stubbornness or right refusal. And, or why is there stubbornness? Is it because like they oftentimes feel like a lack of control, right? You know, a lot of times the anger or noncompliance is simply somebody grasping for control mm-hmm. in a world that feels like it is spinning out of control. Right. Um, so what did you find like in this article or others? Honestly, I, a lot of what you pulled was things that I really honed in on too. Um, I think I kind of chuckled at the end of this article, which for anyone listening, it's a a College of Family Physicians of Canada. It's a, um, Alan Peterkin is a doctor who wrote this in 2012. And at the end of their like tangible suggestions of how to incorporate narrative medicine, they say that the provider or even like, you know, we talk about providers in this a lot, but really we always say like, and it's so valid that nurses really are the first and the last ones and the longest ones to have Mm -hmm. contact with the, with the um, patient and, and their families. Maybe it's an ICU patient that this is more so you with the family member. Um, But asking how would others describe you and what's the one thing you haven't asked or told me? Um, Mm -hmm. And what do you think is going on? And I'm like, can you imagine like, Maybe the what do you think is going on, like, that might be utilized. Um, But the other two questions of how would others describe you and what's the one thing you haven't asked or told me? Can you imagine? Like, I was even thinking about myself sitting in in my PCP's office and then saying at the end, what's the one thing you haven't asked or told me? And I'm like, no one would ever. Right. And if they would, I'd be like, wow, thanks for asking. Um, Yeah. Let me just think for a sec. You know, it's, yeah. I know it's, you know, we talk about this time, time restraint, but I really do think like the example that you had given, I think it was with Rita Shron, right? Where she actually sat someone down, like a provider yes. down as a patient and it was only 13 minutes. And so I think we can really properly execute this if we're decisive and yeah, we practice it. Right. And like, just add that intentionality in, because I think 
So one of my like top love language is quality time. Hopefully everybody knows what love languages are. Um, there are like five, it was, it was came out of a book and there's like mm-hmm. five different ways that people receive love. And mine is quality time. And if you spend a three hour coffee date with me, you will know that to be true. Right, Em? Right. So what I've sometimes said to my husband though, is that you can fulfill my quality time without it actually being lengthy. Um, it's more about the quality part of the quality time. So even if we're just going to be together for like 10, 15 minutes, and this is the reason that I'm using this example, if he is sitting there and I have his undivided attention and he is asking great questions and being like very present in my world and just pouring into me for 15 minutes, holy Hannah, that might be better than like an hour long date where we're just sort of like, do you know what I'm saying? Like we're right. together, but we're not like really like we're not like firing like, on all cylinders right. at the same level. And so likewise, I think our patients, we can still get both like this can be a yes and situation. Yes, we can get this done in a 15 minute interaction and it can be meaningful. Right. And I think a huge part of that is what you had referred to early on about being better, not only at listening, but at engaging and when you had said that, I thought immediately to like, if we have any pediatric nurses that are listening, gosh, we could have you guys like talk on this because as a youth group advisor, I have had to like practice my 100 questions of like using those open-ended questions you had referred to, Meg, that the article also talked about. Yeah. Like, with teenagers? You, oh yeah. You put me in a room <laughs> with teenagers and I become this awkward turtle. Like, yes, you know, and I think yes. like, it's so good for us to practice that because not only is it one uncomfortable, it allows for that silence that we've taught. I mean, how many times were we taught like allow silence in nursing school, therapeutic communication and allowing silence. Ooh, so like therapeutic communication, you know, yes. but like seriously, it's so hard and it is so hard. depending on your population and who you're speaking with, especially and engaging in that way that you're asking the open-ended questions at the right time and in the right way. Um, I just think that's super important too, to everything you're saying and like tangibly pulling up a chair to make yourself like you had said about actually looking at our patient. Like for me, I thought about when we're like bedside rounding and you know how they're usually management, which bless your hearts. We love our inner, you know, interim management and middle management. But when they come around, they're like bedside rounds, bedside rounds. Yeah. And you're like, oh, and it's fun. Like when it's updates, I think it actually is better. Like when your nurse is returning for that night or day and you're just looking at your patient, you really can remember more of your day by staring your patient down and telling the other person mm-hmm. who's actually listening and not like when you get your first report, someone's writing it down and you're like, oh, are they even listening to what I'm saying? Like yeah. even in nurse to nurse handoff, how important that is. Like I actually just had a little bit of a situation where I felt terrible, but something I had gotten an upgrade. It was an emergent intubation and I had missed a pretty crucial part that wasn't correctly ordered by the physician. So there was multiple steps in the system that should have been um, taken different. care of and done. Yeah. Yes, done different. However, of course, as nurses, we're hard on ourselves. And this nurse was not listening to me at all. And usually, if I didn't want to get out of there so fast from everything being so crazy, and I was already running an hour behind schedule, I would have been like, okay, 
are you going to listen to me? Cause sometimes I will, like, are you going to pause? Can I tell you about this? Or do you not want to know anymore? Because I really need you to listen to me for me to give the best report. Yeah. And I think being bold like that isn't necessarily being mean. It might come off that way, but it really is patient safety that if they're not listening, then both parties are not feeling like this is meaningful. Yeah. So something was missed about how an antibiotic was administered and um, the patient ended up having a reaction from it, which he had had prior as well. It was not new. Um, but the next morning when I came in, she there was she was giving a report to someone different because as a traveler, we never really get the same assignment. And the nurse said to me, Emily, I heard you giving her a report the other day and you told her all of this. And she clearly told me you didn't tell her any of this. And I was like, oh, that is a thing. Like she literally wasn't listening. Mm. And so it's super frustrating, but just like staring someone down and making yourself tangibly pull up a chair either next to that nurse that you're like looking at one another and you're not typing on a computer and you're not like going through all your papers or pulling up that chair and making yourself make that action of sitting next to someone. And I think it really does even just slow down your day by doing that with a patient or their family member. Yeah. And gosh, it means so much to them. I, so well said. And the application outside of just like our at the bedside moments, but mm-hmm. also with our colleague moments. Yes. Was just thinking that. So happy you said it. Yep. Super good. Like, so I, this is why Emma and I kind of fell in love with narrative medicine because it, it's actually not that hard, but it is intentional. Yeah. And even as we've talked in the past about how do we like set up our day? How do we kind of hold ourselves accountable, right? How do we have certain levels of self-awareness? Like a lot of our podcast and what we talk about is probably not ultimately earth shattering life changing you've never heard it before suggestions Mm -hmm. and yet there is an intentionality to it that if you don't take the time to dive deep into yourself you probably will never have the self-awareness that you could right? right if you don't put those um people or practices into place to hold you accountable then you're probably always going to just be kind of skating by. Like at some point you have to actually be willing to say, nope, like I'm going to invest the time. Like you said, M, to go a little slower. Also, um, we had learned in lean management. Do you know the term lean management? No. Um, so they kind of go around and they look at the way that you are conducting your day and the times often that you're actually like stepping away from the bedside and how we can better streamline things so that way you're not having wasted time and wasted efforts. I need that in my like off days. Yeah. My off days would be embarrassing. (laughs) Um, But there's a saying in the midst of lean management, they were, they were sharing at what I think it was lean management. They were sharing that there is a saying with the Marines that fast is slow and slow is fast. Yes. So you know that one. I remember you saying that to me before. See how it, because it obviously like settled into my brain because I thought in medicine, all we do is fast. Yes. We walk around fast. We literally like do codes fast, right? We calculate fast. We try to like pull our meds fast. Like everything is always trying to get to an end goal. Whatever the end goal is, which could just be that my shift is ending and I want to be out of here. But how many times does that actually slow us down? Because crap, I forgot to pull this other med. Shoot, I totally forgot to do this thing. Where if we would slow down, then we would actually move faster. And so 
Yeah. These intentionality pieces, they will serve us well. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing um, to touch on quickly is that it w- will probably feel awkward mm-hmm. sometimes, especially when colleagues don't understand what you're doing or why you're doing it or that they're standing in the doorway, like huffing and puffing and breathing down your neck because they got to go kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know, like. It's, it's not going to be easy. So intentionality also means that we're going to probably do it imperfectly a lot of mm-hmm. times. Yeah, which goes into what I know my mind wanted to end on in my head was that like, same as our faith, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it'll probably be awkward and any kind of Holy Spirit moment and allowing him into a space is going to be us slowing down. Yes. You know, and so I think like perfectly said on your end of like, it's probably going to be awkward or it's, but you know what? I don't know about anyone else. Like I remember awkward, like awkward sticks in my head. I'm like, oh yeah, that was awkward, but I remember it like, and maybe it's just awkward to you. Like there's a lot of times, especially as highly sensitive people that like, we're probably picking up on way too much of what's going on Mm -hmm. around us and our own feelings that sometimes other people aren't as aware and really don't think it's awkward. Yeah. Which hopefully that's the case. And if they think it's just as awkward, totally fine too. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, if somebody thinks that it was awkward, but it was still the right thing to do. Yes. Like, I'm whatever. I care yeah. a lot less, you know, like I care more when the awkward thing is like, happy birthday. And then you say happy birthday. Like, I, you know, when you like respond stupidly. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Thanks, thanks. And like you say thank you for something that like is obviously not helpful at all. Okay. That awkwardness. I'm like, yeah. Die Just walk away. Deaths. Walk away fast. Right. Exactly. <laughs> not slow walk away but, fast but if, if someone's gonna think that it's awkward because I took a minute to like actually engage my patient oh well what else right. like I, right. I could seriously care less at that point in time amen to that but thanks for bringing friend. it back to Jesus like that's good too Em like that is yeah. such a solid reminder yeah I love it um so that's narrative medicine in a yeah. nutshell narrative medicine in a nutshell that's what we're calling this one I love it I'm writing it down. Perfect. <laughs> Five seconds later after I hang up, I'm going to be like, oh, shit, what were we calling that? What was that? <laughs> in a nut. Cool. Cool, cool. Awesome. Well, I am loving this. Um, thanks for joining us, guys. Like, thanks yeah. for listening. Thanks for being a part of this crazy little community. Awkward, yes. though it may be at times. <laughs> yes. Hey, look, now you're finally saying awkward. Like, in the beginning when I had you saying awkward when things were actually awkward and look at us coming full circle i remember when we were saying awkward awkward (laughs) thanks guys we're thinking and praying for you and and we'll especially be praying this week for i know i will for like like narrative medicine moments of like Mm. that are incorporated with holy spirit moments and um just taking the time to slow down so we'll be praying for you and thanks for joining us yes thanks so much guys see you next week bye bye (laughs) 